Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush. It's me, Chris Denson. Yay! Um, that was our studio audience. That really wasn't me, guys. Um, in case you're tuning in for the first time ever, this show covers all things uh, ideas, creativity, marketing, and innovation, of course. And today, the buck does not stop. Uh, Jennifer Farrow, say hello. Hi. Hi, studio you? audience. <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. Just a teeming mass. <laughs> exactly. We it's it's a it's a uh, virtual mob in here. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I, I do want to uh, start off, I guess, if you if you don't mind giving us the uh, 101 on who Jennifer Farrow is and then uh, we can we can get into some uh, some questionings, if you will. All right. Sounds good. Well, I am Jennifer Farrow. I am the president of KCRW. We are a public radio station based in Los Angeles. And um, I, let's see, KCRW is this amazing entity. We like to say it's more than a radio station. We do programming. We do over 100 hours of original programming for, for audio. So we do radio programming and public affairs, great music, um, news analysis, stuff like that, and culture. And we also do a lot of live events, and we do a whole bunch of digital stuff as well. So we are really about a community. We like to build community through um, our programming with people that that care. That's, that's super awesome. And, you know, the one thing I love about the KCRW story is, you know, just just this continual evolution, right? You mentioned all these assets where I think most people, at least on the surface, right, you're KCRW, you go like, oh, local radio. But, I mean, you guys have become this global, uh, you know, entity. Can you talk a little bit about, like, the, the global reach of the audience thus far? Yeah, I mean, we, we um, of course, there's a lot of different ways you can access what we do, whether it's on demand, whether it's watching some of our music videos on YouTube um, or streaming uh, our radio services. So we have we have what we call KCRW, which is a mix of music and, and news and public affairs and culture. And then there's an all music uh, station called Eclectic 24, which is streamed through an app or, um, you know, through the regular streaming channels that you can get. And um, so we, we reach, uh, God, I think almost every country in the world at various times, there's somebody from one of those countries listening to KCRW. No, I was going to say from Los Angeles to the world. I mean, it's and, and I think here's the thing. When you are a, a your business leader, but obviously, you, you know, you have people that work with you um, on your teams. And you're looking at all these different platforms and places to be and even, you know, different cultures to tap into, you know, how do you decide which thing you're going to go after, you know, at any given time? You know, if you look at the ecosystem today, you've got VR and augmented reality and, you know, digital platforms, and then you've got terrestrial radios. Like, how do you plan your attack on, you know, what you're going to do? What's your next move? Well, um, it's not as... Uh planned out as you would hope and imagine. You know, a lot of the stuff, like what we say about KCRW is that we're we're human, we're credible, and we're striking. That's our goal, like for all the, to hit all those things. The human part of it is really um, as a big driver for what we do. So when we look at, so we do VR stuff too. We, that was one thing, again, because of who we are, we happen to have a lot of access to, to um, new ideas, new companies, people, and they're like, Hey, do you, you know, we'd love to do some experiment with KCRW. You guys want to mess around with VR. And we were like, gosh, there's nothing more perfect than standing inside our performance studio. And we have some of these great musicians come through and, you know, you could, 
turn your head and you could decide if you want to watch the drummer the whole time or watch, you know, just stare at the bassist or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just really trying to figure out where people are and where people are going and what our, what our capacity is. I mean, we're a nonprofit. So just like every other nonprofit, we do way more than we should. Um, there's that thing called mission creep, you know, where you go, right. Oh, this sounds like a great idea. Let's just do it. And, and the thing is the reason why you work at KCRW is because you want to do exciting things, things that are, that are exciting to you that provide, you know, we, at the end of the day, it's ultimately providing service, but we just, we just want to do things that we think are really exciting. Um, so I think when you, you know, again, along those lines of like just the diversification of product and services, um, like how, how do you get across the, especially when you talk about mission creep and it's like, Hey, what we were doing last month is going to be different than what we're doing this week. Or what we said yesterday might be a little bit different than what we say right now. Um, how do you get people on board with, you know, the, the evolution and I, and I, I mean that more of a sense of, you know, team, um, uh, just having the team together and being very fluid and, you know, dealing with change as it comes, especially as a nonprofit organization. Well, that's actually the easy part. The easy part is getting the staff to, you know, want to do stuff because also another thing that's really uh, one of our big strengths is we have access to like 200 different volunteers every single week inside our office. So we have people that come in and out of this organization for three to six months to a year, two years at a time. And they bring either their youth or their diversity or their expertise, um, and, and they bring it in and they're like, you know what, I'll, I'll help you take on this project. And if we can afford to do it, um, we've experimented with a lot of things. I mean, VR was definitely one of those things where we had access to some great young volunteers out of Santa Monica College who were like, oh, I know, I'm learning how to stitch VR um, images together. And we were like, oh, great, you know, and then boom, VR was born and now we're doing VR. And um we're evolving along with the technology to, to easier ways to satisfy that promise that we made that we were going to do VR. But, um, I think that's, you know, we, there's people, like I said, people are here. They're not here for the pay. They're here for having access to a lot of new things that, and, and the ability to be nimble, like literally if there is something that makes sense, you don't have to go through many, many layers to be able to try something. You know, and, and so if you if you're an experimental person or if you're like, well, I really just want to see this happen and you make a good, pretty good pitch. I mean, you can you can do it. Um, and that's also why I really love audio. Audio is cheap. I mean, you know, the way we're talking right now via Skype. And I mean, it, it's relatively inexpensive to be able to make something that actually matters to people. I yeah. really like that. And kudos to you. I mean, like, again, just, you know, on on pulling that off and, and just being able to do that. You mentioned volunteers. Um, you started off as a volunteer. You have you have like a, a perfect mailroom story. It's, it's oh, like, my gosh. I know. Um, I've, I've moved like five feet in 21 years. It's pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I started out. I mean, I was at college and I um, was worked in at a little newspaper, you know, like a student newspaper. And then my a uh, friend was like, Hey, you should come over to this place called KCRW. I'm doing these, I'm working for this arts show. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. She's like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Just show up. And so I came in and this guy gives me a recorder, you know, like a cassette Marantz 
recorder and a microphone. And he's like, will you go cover this dance show? And I'm like, oh my God, I know nothing about dance and dance on the radio. Like we'll just leave that right there. But, um, I went and did it, you know, and they put it on the air and it just started out. I was like, oh, this is really fun because I was always into telling stories and finding out information and sharing that. And then here I got to do that on a, on a little level at KCRW as a volunteer. And then from there, um, I ended up getting jobs and I, I had, um, I worked for a criminal attorney and it was a job I took because I was out of college, like a lot of liberal arts majors, you know, you, you, you get out of college and you're like, now what? And my, my now what was like, oh, you could move back home with your mom. And I'm like, no, I can't <laughs> no, do <thank> that. You. <laughs> <laughs> I love my mother, but it, that was not going to be good for either of us. So I just took whatever job came my way, which was to be a legal secretary for a criminal attorney. And um, I learned a lot, but I also learned that I hated that environment. I was around, it was like a sexual harassment fest, you know, and I was sort of like, oh my God, what? This really happens in the world. You know, I was so 22 years old, I had no idea. Um, and I would come to KCRW and volunteer and I was around really smart people. And um, just, you were, there was no weird sexual harassment, anything. It was just like, oh, can you do the work? Let's get to, let's get working, you know? That's and awesome. So after, yeah, it was a really great experience. And, and I, and so after a couple of years, I was like, I'm, I'm going to quit my job at this law office and work here as a volunteer. And I'll just, you know, I did catering and other odd jobs because I thought, you know, what else have I have to, what, what else do I have to lose? And I want to be around people that make me feel like a real intelligent person. And then after, you know, a little bit of that, I ended up getting a job being the assistant to the general manager, the founder of KCRW. And I didn't want to take that job because I was like, Oh, I'm not an assistant again. I went to college, you know, um, but I took it. And then, you know, here I am 21 years later running the place. So well, good, thing, good thing you checked your ego when that job opportunity popped up. I know it's hard to have, it's hard to have an ego when you can't pay your rent. I <laughs> right. You're like, I, I wasn't this. Well, okay. I'll take the money. <laughs> right. Um, no. And I guess, you know, I think about the idea of an environment like that and how empowering it was for you, especially because you had the opposite in a work environment. You know, like I said, the sexual harassment thing, it was uncomfortable. But here there's a little bit of freedom of exploration and giving people opportunities to do things that they may not know how to do. Um, how do you harness that today? You know, a, a few years later, I think you started around. The, I, I wrote in my notes like around the OJ time um, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you were there. But now I, I'm assuming that same spirit is still there and like how do you maintain that over you know the course of 20 years um that same sort of em just environment for freedom and exploration like what's the what's the secret sauce from a, a cultural standpoint within the company well i think you know the, the thing is is that um like i said we don't have multiple layers of bureaucracy here it's still a relatively flat structure so it's not hard to get to decision makers and um, you know, that again, because things really are not that expensive to create as long as you're willing to do something for free. So that's like the biggest <laughs> thing. That's the driver, right? It's like, you want to do it. You got time to do it. Go ahead, give it a try and let's hear what happens. So there, there's a lot of that. And I think, um, you know, good ideas come, come to the top. And again, they don't have to travel that far. And if people are willing to put it, put in the effort and figure out why, you know, why it's a good idea to, to do it. Like what's, what goal is it satisfying? You can, you can still create things. Um, 
And so I think that, you know, I think that gives us more freedom as a nonprofit where we're not, you know, you, you, when you come here to work or do stuff, you're not coming and expecting like, where's my parking space? Where's my corporate salary? And as much as I would love to be able to compensate the people that we have here, like the corporate world, it's just really not going to happen in a nonprofit environment, you know? So you already start with people who are here, who are totally down for the team. Um, that is something that I think it makes, uh, this place so powerful because people here really believe in the mission and they get it. And, and also, you know, when you, when you're out in the community, um, talking to people and wherever you happen to that community is like, if you're out in LA or New York or whatever, DC, you'll find people who know KCRW and who have a strong opinion of it. So it makes you, you know, it's kind of reinforces your decision to stay here, to work here. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and I love the fact that, you know, there's that lifeblood internally, but also externally, I mean, the, the, you have a rabid fan base, right. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, they're all financial supporters, which also, I mean, you know, put digital media and things aside. I think if you look at the history of organizations like that, that are, you know, funded by the audience, you know, there's very few who have done it well or done it to, the, the extent that you guys have been able to do it. So, I mean, what does the the listener get out of it? You know, I, I love this for the curious sort of tagline, but, what, you know, from your eyes, like, what is it that's the attractor that keeps people like lifelong listeners? Yeah, I think it's, you know, this, first of all, it's high quality information or music or culture. Um, and I think, you know, there's this, um, I think people feel better after they consume KCRW or public radio. You just, you feel smarter, you feel more informed, you feel like, I, I, I think you can't discount like the fact that we and public radio are only telling you or showing you stuff um, because we think it's good and worth knowing. We're not, it's not being funded by anyone else who's saying, hey, push this product or right. push this point of view because we're from this institute that's funding you. Um, and while I don't think people are really militant about that point of view anymore, like you're completely free of any influence, I think it still means something. I mean, it's just, it's like when you have a really good friend, you know, you get, you get recommendations from a friend that you'll trust more than you get a recommendation off of, you know, I don't know, some, even Apple music, right? Cause it's like, or Apple or Spotify. There, there's a, there's something paying for that thing to or Amazon to get in front of your face. But if your friend is telling you, no, I'm serious. Check out this, check out this artist or check out this um, film or this TV show or whatever. You're going to be like, Oh, okay. I, I get to believe you a hundred percent because you're doing it from your heart and not from some other manipulative means, you know? Yeah. And, and we get to do that. So we're like a friend to a lot of people because first of all, like the radio part of it or this, the, the kind of, uh, analog streaming part of it that we're always around. So people, a lot of people tell us you are my first friend in Los Angeles you know, or you're, you're the company that I keep when I moved to this new place. I didn't know anybody, but I had KCRW because we have personalities on the radio that are on the air, whatever you want to call it. Radio has got a big definition now. It's not just that thing that comes out of that one box. Um, but we have personalities and people can identify with them and they know 
that everybody's here for the same reason, you know? And I, I do, I don't know that to me, that really makes a difference. No, and I, th- and I think that also involves very careful curation, right? Like when you decide yeah. to take on a new show or keep one, you know, what's that decision-making process like? And, I, and I've, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of sitting with a few of your hosts, like Garth and um, and Chris Doritas, and like they're all like they're genuinely who you, who they are, on, you know, on the air. Um, but that, just tell us a little bit about that curatorial lens that you go through, and like, what's that filtering process like to make sure you can hit that sweet spot of w- what KCRW is is known for? I think that curation is a really big part of that. You know, just um, I don't know. I, I think it goes back to the self reinforcing uh, culture. That, that we've been able to build both inside and outside this institution, you know, that, that there's trust, there's, um, I mean, trust is a really big deal, integrity, you know, um, again, those things sound like something that old people talk about all the time, but, but they do matter, you know, they matter to everybody. I mean, we, we always, um, I don't know. You, 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 the, so the what I'm getting at is the people who are on the air and and in those positions of curation take this role very, very seriously and understand that they're holding a lot when they make those decisions, you know, about what they should talk about and highlight. So your role, you get to sit at the top of the mountain and yell at people and tell them what to do. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But yeah. um, I boss people around. That's what I do. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're a literal boss. Hey, I told you not to. Um, <laughs> that's, you see why I'm not a leader. Um, but, you know, with all these different things happening, you know, A, you're a nonprofit. B, you've, you've got a curatorial thing. C, you've got an audience to take care of. You've got to raise. Like, you have all these different things to do. I'm curious as to what your superpower is in that whole ecosystem. Like, what's the one thing? Jennifer does better than anybody else can ever do it. Oh boy! <laughs> or at least <laughs> what's the or, or or what's the how you know when do people come to you most right? Everybody well, has that one friend and like oh they can always help me do X. Like what's your superpower yeah. in the in the workplace? Hmm. Well, I think I have an ability to see the big picture, but I I think you know my role like what I call I say what my role is really being this kind of chief resource officer. I hate those titles of chiefs and officers. I think it's ludicrous that people use those words. It's like, <laughs> I am not in the military or in the police force. Right. Um, but I think my go- my job is to raise resources. And that means humans. Um, it means connections and relationships and uh, things of monetary value, things of, of in-kind value. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's what my role is is what I'm, when I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, that's what I'm doing. I think in terms of, um, the success here, you know, I've been here for a long time. And when you do have a, when you do have a deep culture, one that a lot of people have claimed to, you know, both who are outside of your organization and inside your organization, you have to be careful about, um, you have to just have to, you have to be very careful with that culture. It, it's, you have to be uh, you know, it's kind of more like an egg than a brand new company that doesn't really have one yet or isn't known yet. And so, um, and I mean like a, a raw egg, <laughs> not a hot boiled egg. But um, so I think the fact that I came from inside this institution was a big deal um, because it, it made a lot of people feel like, okay, the thing that I love is going to stay 
it's not going to be changed too much. And it also, it, it's both good and bad. It gave me the opportunity to make changes because people were trusting of the direction. Like, okay, you know where we came from, you know what we want to be. Um, and it also can be tough because, you know, it, you have to look at things from an outside perspective and say, well, what if I wasn't from here? What if I had just dropped in? How would it, this place be better served and better worked? And then, you know, with a, with a tight culture like this, it is a family. We often say that it's like a family here. And there are times when you have to, you know, ask people to move out of their rooms or share their rooms or, or go live in another house, you know, and it's, it's tough. Um, and it's probably, uh, not as tough if it was a different, you know, if it wasn't that same level of intensity that people feel for this, for this place, for KCRW. No, definitely. I mean, it is, it sounds like it's not just a job, right? It's one of those places you go to, to sort of evolve personally and feel good while you're doing it. Cause it sounds like you're, you know, like I said, if, if I or like you said, if I have an idea and I may want to give it to another host or the, you know, the programming team or whatever, and you're able to sort of capitalize on it, you're, you're contributing to a culture as well as, as much as you're working in one. Yeah. Um, so you've got this goal for 2017, um, moving into a new place, uh, which is not a cheap, literally, financially a, a cheap move. Um, but I wanted, and you mentioned earlier, kind of like flying by the seat of your pants in some capacity, right? Oh, let's try VR or let's try this, you know, this thing, but a big, you know, undertaking like what you, what's happening next year, you know, tell us a little bit about like how long that was, uh, you know, a thing in the making, um, how do you shepherd it along? And I'm, I'm sure along the way things, you have snags and hurdles and potholes, but, um, what's that journey been like thus far? Well, I mean, it's been a very long journey. It's been eight years in the making, honestly. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's eight years ago, it was, um, it was, so that was when my predecessor was still in this role. And, you know, it, it, when you're used to working in an environment that's compromised, like in a basement, you kind of are like, all right, we can deal with it. You know, humans are adaptable. There's no question. We worked so close together um, that, you know, you just kind of think, I don't need a fancy office. We don't need fancy offices. I will say that. But when we had an opportunity with our, with our, uh, with Santa Monica college, they hold the license to KCRW. So they've been this great um, supporter of ours. Um, we're not financially supported by Santa Monica College, but they've given us space always, and they've always just been such a great partner for with us. We had an opportunity to um, encourage them to build us a building. <laughs> so they said, okay, we will do that. And that's a great, great gift because that was land we didn't need to purchase, and it was a building we didn't need to pay for the construction of. What we've done is raised money for the equipment to go in it and for a programming fund to be able to develop new programming technology that's coming out of that new, new facility. So we're in a really good position. The, the thing that um, has been challenging, well, first of all, when we started this project, um, we knew that we'd have to raise money uh, to equip it and all that other stuff. And you know, we had no major donor program at KCRW. So when I first started, the most, the la- largest gift that we got was a thousand dollars from people, and we got it over the air. So it was anonymous, no relationship there. But I knew that if we were going to be able to really 
um, get what we needed, we would have to have these very deep relationships and we would have to be asking people for gifts of, you know, five, six and seven figures. And you can't do that over the air. You know, that is a very ineffective way to do that. Next so, caller, please. How yeah, much money exactly. you got? <laughs> yes. So, um, so basically once we got this project greenlit and they were ready to start digging, we thought, okay, this could take, you know, we've got like four years, <clears throat> excuse me, to create um, a major donor program from scratch. And so that was right when I started in this role. And we just kind of, it's like what I call like dating and getting married all in like one date. Because, you know, traditionally with this, when you talk to consultants, you talk to all these people who've done this thing, they're like, well, you go to your existing major gifts and you do a, or givers and you do a feasibility study and you ask them that. And I'm like, who are the, we don't have any of those people. What are you talking about? You know, we don't have those people that we could go get a, do a feasibility study with. I was like, let's just dive in and do it. Let's just see what we can pull off. And because of our reputation and our brand, there was a lot of people that were in our, in our community who, um, of givers and non-givers who knew who we were and felt great love for us, but had never been asked. And they were like, wow, yeah, I see what you're doing. Other institutions ask me for gifts like that. Yeah. I want to give to KCRW. So it's been unorthodox, like literally everything that we've done at KCRW and everything I've done, you know, I do everything backwards, you know, um, and, and it's, but it's been very successful. You know, we'll be done at the end of this month and we'll probably get, um, uh, be over a million dollars above the goal that we set out to raise. So it's been very gratifying, had a lot of foundation support too from foundations that again, had never given us support because we had never asked. I, you know, I love the spirit of like, there's, there's something we want to do. Let's just figure out how to do it. Uh, you know, and I think so many organizations, even ones that I've worked with or tried to help or, you know, come across are, are always overthinking, overanalyzing, mm-hmm. you know, what, I mean, what have you learned about that process? Just the, like, see it, go for it. Yeah. Well, this is what I've learned. And this is kind of my life, um, my life philosophy that I try to share with college students and high school students anytime I have a chance to share it. And which is that there's two rules. Nobody knows what they're doing. And, um, even people who pretend they know what they're doing, they don't really know what they're doing. And the other thing is that nobody really feels like they belong anywhere. So, you know, you talk to everybody and they're like, Oh, I know I didn't feel like I belonged in high school. I'm like, where are the people who felt like they belonged in high right, school? Cause exactly. I've not met one of them, you know, Al Bundy um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's what I think about both of those ideas is that they're really freeing. It's like there are and and you see it in this new economy that's been built over the last 10 or 15 years with um, tech. You know, it's like you have people who start things in their garage and and then they go at 24, go get management training by reading books and figuring out how to run a company. And I, I love that because it just it's, you know, the, the road to success is full of has plenty of, um, opportunities to make mistakes and to do them wrong and to correct them and still end up. Okay. You know, are they perfect? No, but I have yet to find this perfect place to work, a perfect, um, project, a perfect result. So when you understand that, it just gives you so much freedom, you know, and you probably talk to entrepreneurs way more than I do, but I, there's a lot of spirit of that, you know, like, 
I, I think it's it's bad to ignore mistakes that people make and you go, well, that is clearly a mistake that you could make. You should avoid it. And it's bad to ignore that. However, if you don't and you end up in that situation, you probably can figure out how to get out of it if you yeah. if you if you want to, you know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, you know, I there's a interesting parallel where there's an artistry to that entrepreneurial spirit. You know, and because you guys are talking to artists a lot and you've, you've got great programming, your your hosts are creators in and of themselves. But there's this journey where, you, like, you know, I watched a movie called Sing Street over the weekend, which is, I, like, I just love it. Like, I've been listening to the soundtrack like, a, like I'm crazy. They did not pay me to say that. But <laughs> this, um, it's like, you know, they started off with a band. It was rough. And you just keep playing. You just keep playing. And then finally it becomes, like, professionally real in some, you know, way, shape, or form. And I think that's it's the same thing in sort of a corporate or business environment because you're like, all right, let's just like keep toying with this thing until like we know we have something, but let's just keep going after it until it becomes the you know the vision that we kind of see for ourselves. And obviously, I mean, do you do you find that there's a, a downside to that at all? Does it ever come back to like kind of bite you in the butt? Oh sure, I mean absolutely. I could probably I mean think about. I don't know how many initiatives that were started that were like, well, that was a little ill-conceived, you know, (laughs) or gosh, we didn't really think about that when we started this, did we? No, but someone else would have. Yeah, there's, you know, yes. I mean, thankfully, we have a really strong organization and none of the mistakes that we've made have been um, financially costly to, to the amount that would make anyone be like, oh, that is a poorly run organization. (laughs) Because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, like I said, that the thing that drives our innovation is, is that the low cost of the way that we approach things. Um, we, we also are conservative because we do have other people's money that they've invested in us. So we, we have to be careful because once that reputation changes, you know, you're kind of sunk if you're going to ask people for support. It's all voluntary. So if they think you guys not only don't, don't, don't know what you're doing, but you're, you're incompetent. Um, then you're, you're sunk. Yeah. You don't want to show up to the fundraiser with uh, a Lamborghini and, and multiple gold chains either. So that is very true. Just my, my little word of advice for you. Yes. Um, you seem pretty, you seem like a pretty even keel person. Um, I, I, and I also read that you're a literal soccer mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is that is soccer and kind of athletics your your little bit of an outlet to you know kick something where you where you may yeah. have wanted to kick something earlier in the day? Yes, I love I love playing like the happiest that I am in my life. I'm sorry my, to my children, but is when I'm playing soccer. Um, I just it's I love the competition. I love the camaraderie and just the physical activity and just being out of your head, so you don't have to work. You know, I'm a warrior. I I I. I think about things a lot um, when I probably should be sleeping, you know, that kind of stuff. And so when I'm on the soccer field or exercising or hiking or whatever, I'm out of my brain. And that's a great release, definitely. And then having when you have kids, too, I I think um, you just become more efficient with your time. And you also like my kids are teenagers and I like they're like my I call them my keeping it real squad. You know, they're just like. That's lame. You know, they, they'll just tell you, you look bad. That was dumb, blah, blah, blah. And there's something fantastic in that, you know, because they they're I trust them, you know, when they tell me something horrible. I'm like, oh, I, I appreciate someone speaking it straight, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it keeps you grounded. 
Uh, well, you're, you're still cool in my book. I have, I have an um, I have an 11 year old. Now I'm just, I don't think she's gotten to the point where she's advised. She's going to be able to advise me really well. She's just embarrassed at this point in time. So. Oh, good. Well, soon you'll have some eye rolling and some. You know, she'll she'll tell you what's up. Exactly. She will literally teach me how to dougie. Um, As we wind down a little bit, kind of breathe the conversation in. um, And obviously you've seen a lot, especially as you guys have explored technology and even from guests who have come through your building and you're at Santa Monica College and you've seen the world. um, What is your current innovation crush? What do you see out there? Do you experience out there that you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't get enough of that or I wish I could get more of it? Mm, My innovation crush. Wow. Um, you know what, I mean, for, for KCRW, what I'm really after is personalized service. So we all can do on demand everything now, um, which is just such a beautiful thing. But the one area that we haven't really done well is, um, like on demand fundraising. So what I, what I'm really after is, can we create some way, um, to be able to know who's consuming our, whatever we are and speak directly to them, but in a scalable way, you know, um, we've got over 50 some thousand members and an audience of, of, uh, you know, many more hundreds of thousands. Can I, I would love to be able to talk to people in a way that it's like, if you were listening to me anonymously, I would be able to say, Hey, thanks for being a monthly supporter you're good. I'm not going to, you don't have to listen to this pledge drive we're going to do, or, Oh, you know what? You've never given, but I know you like, uh, whatever that we do chocolate city or, you know, whatever program that we've ever created in the past. Let me just feed you something that's directly suited to your interest. Um, so in terms of, but in terms of my, the innovation crush, I got to say like anything that to do with my phone and not having to, um, you know, have to negotiate with people over something is really a great thing. I really feel like the next, the next iteration of our lives in this shortened technology era is going to be something that allows us to have our head up. So maybe that's augmented reality. uh, Yeah. Augmented um, reality where you're basically like, like even Alexa and what Alexa represents with the Amazon. um, What is that thing called? Uh, Amazon Echo. Echo. Yeah. Or the new Google home. I mean, the idea that, that you can, uh, immerse yourself in the technology that you want for your convenience without having to have your face down. I I think that will be really powerful. I 100% agree with you. One of the things I do, um, every year I, I work on a trends report and sort of this idea of human interface is one of the things we're exploring, which is really all about exactly what you're saying. Like, how easy can we make this? And when you look at voice um, or facial recognition or all these things, that how can I be recognized as a consumer and without putting forth a lot of effort? And, and like you said, having my head up um, is, is super important. I love the fact that, like, a loft hotel. Get that out. Will you let me know? Yeah, of course. Uh, But no, like I love the fact that a loft hotels, for instance, introduce voice operated suites. So you walk in and think about how many times you fumble around in a hotel room at night because it's too cold or too hot. You don't know where the thermostat is. You don't know how to turn it on or off. You don't know where the lights are to go see where it is. So they figured out a way to, to say, all right, let's use your voice to do all those things that you want to do in the hotel. And that's just one hotel room. You know what I mean? So You've got so many other areas where that becomes a really great point of customer service 
Um, and I could definitely hear it in a, you know, literally in an audio environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, even from artificial intelligence and chatbots and all those different things that can kind of preemptively give a service that we, you know, that we'll, we'll want and need. There's a thread, I feel like, in everything that we've talked about thus far. And I guess the word that kind of just sticks in my head is, is purpose. Um, and I'm curious as to, like, what the Jennifer Farrow, you know, KCRW definition of, of purpose might be. Well, it's clearly building community. And what I love about um, the power of radio, and again, using that definition very widely, is that you can build a community virtually um, and connect people through big ideas. Um, And you could be in your bathtub, or you could be in a car on the freeway, or you could be, you know, in some destination, you could be in Japan, you know, and those people are all connected through this one common set of values and not political values, but the values of curiosity and, and discovery and, um, interest, you know, and it's like, you know, when you look at the people you hang out with, I mean, the ones that are the most interesting are the people who are the most interested, you know, and I feel like what we're able to do is bring those interested people together. And so my, my whole goal is, is really kind of translating that virtual community into some other manifestation of community. And so, you know, we've really expanded our events over the last five years and have just so many now that are really all over the city where people can connect together and they don't have to really even, you know, it's not like any kind of a forced meeting or anything. It's just like, let's all bring humans together around this great thing, whether it's a talk event or a music event or something. And then with our new building, you know, we've got um, a couple of spaces where we can actually bring people together. And so, you know, this pursuit of, of being human is something that I personally am. So I just feel grateful that I get, that I have a job where I get to, I get to mess around with that and really, (laughs) you know, experiment and make that happen. No, and first of all, I love talking to you. And, you know, I wonder, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, and I've never asked anybody this, but as a leader, you know, within this organization, if you were to, for whatever reason, step down next week, God forbid, obviously, this is purely hypothetical. um, What, you know, how... What have you put in place or what's in place at the organization that you think will just not die and it will continue you know, on for another 40, 50 years? Um, I think that that notion of translating between being a radio station that was primarily concerned with creating content and pushing it out anonymously to being a community of both people who give, who are engaged, who volunteer, um, who, who attend things, who who care about each other through the fact that they all share this value of curiosity and, and interest, um, that I think is going to stay because, you know, it's, it's a different way of looking at, uh, what we do here internally, but it's one that resonates with everyone because, you know, it's like I have, I have, um, there's other public radio stations in the country and a lot of them have spent an enormous amount of time building newsrooms, which are very valuable and very, very important. But when you build a newsroom, you're not necessarily thinking about um, the community that you're serving. You're mostly thinking about the integrity of the product, which, again, I cannot emphasize how important that is. Um, but I think that there's a missing element when you when you forget 
the people that you're talking to and you, and you don't understand the power of what a public, you know, entity for good can do. Um, you're missing out on something so magical, you know, that that's the, that's the part that I, I love the most. Beautifully stated, beautifully (laughs) stated. Um, last but not least, you ready? Yeah. You you ready for the, the final pop quiz of this whole thing? Okay. Yes. Uh, complete this phrase for me. Innovation to me is. Oh, what is innovation? I guess innovation is creativity and inspiration. Um, and it's exciting. It's, uh, again, beautifully stated. You, you're you're well versed in all this stuff. Um, no, but I want to thank you for joining us. Where can people find out more about you, or you know, where can they go to give? Like what, whatever you, whatever. Here's your chance to plug some pluggings of that need to be plugged. Well, <laughs> I think I think the best thing to do is go download our app at K, the KCRW app, or you can go online do it up through the mobile web too at KCRW.com. But just listen, listen to Eclectic Twenty Four. It's such a great music service. It's um, you'll discover new music. You'll just be connected to to good things, and then listen to all of our other programming, uh, whether it's on demand or or just streaming it, and you'll be smarter. You'll be a smarter person. Everybody wants to be smarter, right? You'll also be thinner taller if that's what you want to be and you'll have more hair <laughs> more handsome a better that. mustache every like whatever uh, yeah whatever you want we got it <laughs> i do have a pretty cool discovery story though speaking of eclectic uh 24 i um i discovered shade listening to kcrw oh, right. and that was the first band that i like listened to loved went down the rabbit hole ended up at their show and ended up meeting them like all in like two weeks and, oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> like I have a great picture on, on Twitter with them, and um, hung out, ate tacos. It was pretty. It was pretty intense. But just like that point of discovery to a really cool interaction with them was was pretty amazing. So thank you. See, that's everything right there. You just said the best story. That's exactly what I want to hear. Well, actually, we're going to edit the podcast down to just that story. So <laughs> um, even better. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you for joining us, everyone. Um, that was Jennifer Farrow. She's awesome. Um, and thank you for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time.